Are you ready for some football? He talks green and gold. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels. Dating back to 2019, the Packers, they have the second best regular season record in the NFL. Only Kansas City is better at 47 and 13. The Packers, 43 and 18. In the meantime, these two teams in the Bears and the Packers, they enter Sunday's game time for the most regular season wins in NFL history with 786. But these two teams also come into this uh, game coming up on Sunday with a total of seven wins between them and 17 losses combined. The Packers at 4-8, and eight, the Bears at 3-9, and nine, and the injury report reads like a litany of guys who are all banged up, including uh, Justin Fields, the quarterback of the uh, Chicago Bears. He was limited today with that shoulder separation and injury that he has. Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers did not practice today with the right thumb and the rib injury. We're going to hear from him coming up here in just a bit. Aaron Jones has a shin and a glute injury. Darnell Savage, the safety, he's out with a foot. David Bakhtiari didn't practice today as normal, with a knee injury uh, coming back from that knee issue. Chris Barnes has a hand, but he was back. Devondre Campbell still with the knee, but was limited today coming back from that knee injury, which he has not uh, played for quite some time, over a month. A.J. Dillon with a quad injury, he was he was limited. Romeo Dubs limited at practice. Good to see him back uh, a little bit today. Rudy Ford, full participant with a, a wrist injury. Shamar Jean Charles had an ankle and then, like I mentioned earlier, Elton Jenkins not practicing. But, man, oh, man, oh, man, a lot of uh, a lot of guys banged up going into this one. But Aaron Rodgers says he will play, which is big news. If you're listening uh, down in Chicago or if you're listening in Green Bay as a Packers fan or anywhere else around, Rodgers says he's going to play. There, It's been the argument pretty much all week. Should he or shouldn't he? And if he does, why? If he doesn't, you know, he's getting paid, so he should be out there. And if he doesn't play, well, then is he less than what Brett Favre was because Brett Favre was the Iron Man and didn't come out for anything. But people also want to see what began on uh, in the fourth quarter against Philadelphia on Sunday night as to whether or not Jordan Love is capable of keeping that up. I mean, there's so many different questions regarding the quarterbacks. And then Justin Fields, who is really banged up, and uh, any time he now takes off and runs and takes a shot on that uh, that shoulder, you hold your breath if you're a Bears fan. I don't think there's any reason to run him out there at this point, uh, especially with a shoulder that most likely is going to need surgery in the offseason. It's great that he wants to gut it out, but this guy's first instinct is to run. Yes, he's pretty good at avoiding hits, but for the most part, it is, uh, it, it is, a, uh, it, it is a tough go for Justin Fields. But welcome to the program. We are glad to have you. And uh, by the way, some good news. I don't know how good it is, but uh, the uh, the rankings came out yesterday. The rankings came out yesterday. ESPN put together a top 25 under 25, ranking the best 24 years or older or younger in the uh, National Football League. Michael Parsons, obviously, at 23 of the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, he's having a hell of a career. So is Justin Jefferson at age 23. Jamar Chase uh, and what he's been able to do with Cincinnati, the wide receiver, the big offensive tackle who just went down with injury this past weekend, uh, Tristan Wirfs uh, with Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you start to go down and you look and you look and you're thinking, who's on this list? Jalen Hurts, the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. We just saw him this past uh, Sunday night. You got Tua that is on this list as well. 
But as you start to drop down there, you, you go past uh, Trevon Diggs, and you get to number 16, Rashawn Gary, a bit of a late bloomer. Uh, and he really started to come on over the last year, year and a half. Powerful, explosive edge rusher. Career-high nine-and-a-half sacks last season was on pace to surpass that this season. And then the horrificness of the torn right ACL uh, cut short his season with six sacks, 31 pressures in nine games. Who knows what that defense might have been like had Devondre Campbell been able to stay healthy for the last month and Rashawn Gary been able to stay healthy. But that being said... Uh, both guys uh, have been down for quite some time, and uh, Rashawn Gary will continue to be. But it's just, a, just you know, one of those you know kind of notes to say, you know, for all that is criticized regarding the uh, regarding the draft choices of Brian Gutekunst, you got to remember there are a few guys that are pretty solid. You know, Elton Jenkins has been pretty solid. Some of these guys that they have picked up, you know, John Runyon has been pretty solid. They fortified starting positions, but uh, nevertheless. Uh, a guy like Rashawn Gary, who, when he was drafted, I got to admit, like many, and I was one of the guys leading the charge. I didn't think he was going to amount to a ton, but he's really impressed. He's he's been one of those guys that kind of makes you makes you eat your words. So uh, hopefully he's able to come back and play extremely well. But nevertheless, um, he's getting some nice recognition. We're broadcasting live, by the way. We're at uh, Kelly's Bleachers. We're on Blue Mountain Road. We're in in uh, in right there on Blue Mountain Road by. Uh, American Family Field in Milwaukee. And as you can take a look around, Kelly's Bleachers, the original. Uh, tonight we are brought to you by Bud Light, as all the huddles are. They have some Bud Light specials going on tonight. you got some basketball that's on the tubes right now, college. Then a little bit later on, you're going to have Bucks basketball. Bucks taking on the uh, the Knicks tonight. Uh, Bucks in New York. Tip time of that game coming up here in about a half an hour. So that will be up on the tube as well. So if you want to swing in and get yourself some good food, I had a nice club sandwich earlier today, but they got all kinds of stuff. If you want it from burgers and wraps to tater tots and salads, you name it, they've got it. So come on by and say hello. Uh, a lot of news and notes around the NFL today. A lot of just stuff. You know, we talked a little bit earlier today about uh, um, Russell Wilson, and he's now having to defend himself, saying he's got a great relationship with the guys in that locker room. Great relationship. And he threw a birthday party his wife did for him yesterday, and apparently uh, only half the team showed. Uh, there's been some more than a few people rumbling that he's he's only out after one thing, and that is Russell Wilson. Meanwhile, the Vikings star cornerback, Patrick Peterson, talked about his former Cardinals teammate, Kyler Murray, and he said, quote, Murray don't care about nobody but Kyler Murray, period. End of story. So uh, some quarterbacks uh, with the ego getting ripped. In the meantime, Rodgers trying to kind of rally the troops, saying that, look, as long as we're mathematically alive, I want to be out there. So he says he's going to play. By the way, another mention that we are going to be live in Chicago coming up immediately following the game this coming Sunday. we got the Green and Gold Post Game Show going to be live from the Shy Bar inside the Sheridan Hotel Riverwalk, the Grand Sheridan Grand Hotel Riverwalk in Chicago. So if you want to come by and say hi, you can do so. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, uh, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. Um, this one is uh, from uh, Mark who says, uh, Kelly's Bleacher is one of the favorite bars that I've ever been to. A lot of great memories in there before the old Brewers games. Going back to Bambi's Bombers. Say hello to everybody for me. Um, I don't even know. if Maybe you got a bar stool in here. Who knows? <laughs> maybe you got your own stool. But, uh, yeah, there's been a lot of celebrations, a lot of heartache, a lot of uh, – a lot of good sporting events that have been witnessed here, whether it's hanging out here prior to or after a game. 
uh, down at uh, the old Miller Park and before that County Stadium uh, and now American Family Field. Or uh, I've sat here and watched some football games. I've sat here and watched some basketball games. I've watched uh, tournament games. So, yeah, they're really old. There's there's about five or six. Major Goolsby's one of them. This is one of them. Stenny's is one of them. There's about five or six old, staunch sports bars that are in this area, that, and this is one of them. So it's always a pleasure to come here and, and kind of hang out for a little bit. Uh, coming up in just a little bit after the break, we're going to hear Aaron Rodgers, who went to the uh, podium today. Or not podium, but actually met with the media today. He doesn't go to the podium on Wednesdays, but he met with the media today. We're going to hear that coming up here in just a little bit. we got a good one tonight, uh, as we always do, but we got a good one tonight. We're going to have um, Mike Clemens is going to be joining us a little bit later on. About 45 minutes from now, 50 minutes from now, Grant Bills is going to be joining us at the bottom of the hour. We're also going to hear from Mark Schofield of SB Nation from a little bit earlier today. And we are going to make our NFL picks as we take a look around the rest of the NFL. Now, here's one thing to think about. And we were mentioning this earlier. Uh, I get a lot of questions uh, that, um, you know, kind of what needs to happen this weekend to keep the Packers' hopes alive. What you're rooting for You've got Washington and the Giants facing off against one another. So Washington and New York go at it in the Meadowlands, both teams sitting with seven wins on the season. So, you know, what you're doing is whoever wins, then you're rooting for that team to ultimately lose along the way. But you're hoping that the Steelers knock off the Falcons. Uh, It's not out of the realm of possibility. The Steelers knock off the Falcons. You're hoping that uh, the the 49ers could fall to the Dolphins, maybe, that the Seahawks get beat by the Rams. They're playing in SoFi Stadium, uh, another uh, NFC team. Uh, you're hoping that the Buccaneers get beat by the Saints. Cowboys, uh, you wouldn't mind seeing the Cowboys lose a few games uh, as Philadelphia is the top dog right now over in the East. But I think the Cowboys and most likely the Giants, could be the Commanders, we'll wait and see, are going to be solidified in that other wild card spot. But, you know, you're hoping the Packers get a win to go to 5-8. and eight. Bears would go to 3-10. and 10. You're hoping that the Falcons would then go to 5-8. and eight. They'd be faltering. Lions take a loss. They would be 4-8 and eight on the season. Um, then you've got the Rams who uh, end up beating the Seahawks. The Seahawks will be 6-6 six and six on the season, still ahead of the Packers, but within reach. Um, then you've got the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If they would take a loss, then they would go to 5-7. and seven. So you kind of see how things would, would come about for the Green Bay Packers if, indeed, they were to make some kind of an, a, a magical run to stay mathematically alive. You know what I'm saying? But, look, the bottom line is they got to beat the Bears. Okay, It's rivalry week, and you hate to say the old adage is very cliche, but it very much is that you've got a Bears fan base that is rabid right now for the return of Aaron Rodgers after the I still own you. They want to give it to him. They want to see the uh, the Bears become victorious against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Packers, you know, trying to build off what little, little momentum they had offensively last week. Rodgers, another week with the thumb getting a little bit of rest. Maybe he feels a little bit better after the Sunday night contest. Obviously getting the the fourth quarter off, not giving that thumb any more of a beating, but the ribs are obviously an issue. And now you know that if Rodgers struggles, if it's the cold, if it's a little bit of wind, whatever it happens to be, he takes a shot, then everybody is pretty much salivating at this point to see what Jordan Love indeed can do. So there's a lot of different things going on this Sunday that are of interest. And then I think for all we talk about the quarterback situation, the number one thing I think we're discussing on Sunday after this ball game is does this defense figure out how to tackle? You know, does does his 
does this defense fit? Because we can talk about the offense. The offense did their job. They put up 30 points. The defense in the last two weeks has given up just barely over 900 yards of offense. We can talk about the offense, Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers, injuries, thumbs, all that stuff till we're blue in the face. But we want to see if this defense can figure out the actual fundamentals of tackling a ball, ball carrier, which they have been so unbelievably uh, and inexcusably woeful at for the last few weeks specifically. So that's that, to me, is the bigger storyline going into this game. When we come back, we're going to hear from the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, meeting with the media a little bit earlier today. We're going to hear from him. Don't forget, bottom of the hour, Grant Bills. Mike Clemens coming up at 7 o'clock tonight. And uh, we've got our picks later on tonight. we got Mark Schofield of SB Nation. You're going to hear from him. And uh, then we're going to take a look around the rest of the NFL. We are broadcasting live. We're at Kelly's Bleachers. We're on Blue Mountain Road in uh, Milwaukee. If you want to swing in, by all means, they've got some specials tonight on Bud Light, getting you registered for the big screen TV we're giving away at the end of the season as well stay tuned we got more coming up right after this this is the huddle with bill michael on the wisconsin sports zone network good to have you back and welcome Broadcasting live, we're at Kelly's Bleachers. It's the Bill Michaels Huddle. It's brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. We are glad you're with us tonight. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, a little bit earlier today, uh, after we had got off, got off the air at two o'clock, ended up going uh, to the uh, to the locker and meeting with the media, talking a lot about his uh, the injuries, a lot of injury talk, how he's feeling, ribs and such, and thoughts about you know playing in this Bears matchup. Let's take a listen to what Aaron Rodgers had to say. Here's Aaron Rodgers. There you go. That's Aaron Rodgers talking to the media. Some interesting stuff there. And uh, let's do this. We're going to break away. We're going to hear from uh, Grant Bills when we come back at the Wisco Sports Show. In addition to that, also there's a comment that came out from Rodgers that is receiving a lot of traction and a lot of speculation as to exactly what it is he's talking about. I want to tell you what that is when we come back. We're broadcasting live at Kelly's Bleachers on Blue Mountain Road here in Milwaukee. And it's uh, brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. We got a lot of specials here tonight, and that being Bud Light as well. So if you want to come in, get some Bud Light specials, get some good food, check out the box. What are you getting ready to come on the tube here shortly? Stay tuned. We got more right after this. Oh, yeah. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Tonight is the Bill Michaels Huddle. We are broadcasting live. We're at Kelly's Bleachers, and you can find us on Blue Mountain Road in Milwaukee. It is brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Uh, the quote from Aaron Rodgers earlier today, which has got the world kind of, uh, you know, at least Packers world on its ear, uh, he was asked if it would be beneficial for him not to finish out the season given his injury situation. He said, quote, that's an assumption that this place won't look any different next year. So I think that's part of the conversation. Now, some can read into that, that he's referencing maybe teammates, that he won't have a chance to play with again. Mercedes Lewis, Alan Lazard, maybe, you know, Aaron Jones, Bakhtiari, you know, those guys. Uh, Because obviously he wants to play, but... It's whether or not, uh, you know, that's a reference to Jordan Love maybe not being here or him not being here in favor of Jordan Love. 
Very interesting comment. Very cryptic comment from Aaron uh, from Aaron Rodgers. Uh, joining us now on the uh, on the hotline, our buddy uh, from the Wisco Sports Show, Grant Bills, is now here. Grant, so he said, uh, you know, uh, a cryptic thing as Aaron so often does that uh, it's an assumption this place won't look any different next year. Give me your thoughts. Well, we talked through this on my show, Bill. The only way that makes sense to me is, so like Ryan Wood is asking, the way I read it is, hey, Aaron, don't you want to be healthy? Like, don't you want to get in shape for next year? Like, that's how I read it. And the only reason that that wouldn't matter is if Aaron wasn't going to play next year, right? So if Aaron's playing next year, it doesn't matter who his teammates are. It doesn't matter where he plays if you were to get traded. Like, he still wants to get healthy, right? So I read that as, well, that's assuming that I'm going to play next year and maybe I won't. Like, that's how I read it. But, I, man, I don't know. Because let's see if, if Matt LaFleur is leaving or teammates are leaving. Rodgers still wants to be healthy next year. It doesn't matter who he's playing with next year. He still wants to be the best version of himself. And maybe that means he rests a little bit at the end of the year to get right. I, I don't know. Sometimes I think Rodgers just throws a little gasoline on the fire. And we, you know, we attribute it to him being cryptic and really so. I, sometimes I just think he's messing with us. Um, let me ask you this, because there's been so much speculation this week about whether he should or shouldn't play. He says he's good. He wants to play. Some of the reasons that we had mentioned this week, number one being he's being paid a lot of money to play. And he said, look, I'm yeah. competitive. I want to, we're mathematically not, not eliminated. They're paying me to play. It's Chicago. Do you have a problem with it? Do I have a problem with him playing against the Bears? No. I don't have a problem with him playing against the Bears. I don't have a problem with him playing against the Rams or the Dolphins. I think, however, at some point, Jordan Love has to play. If Rodgers wants to play the next two or three weeks until they are mathematically eliminated, I really don't care. They've been eliminated since Detroit. Like, let's be honest. I, I got into it with a listener today who's like, they're not eliminated yet, or, or they're still contending. No, they're not. And they just gave up 360 rushing yards, which, Bill, you know, if we look back over the, the Packers' playoff histories over the last 10 years, uh, Packers defenses that give up rushing yards typically don't fare very well in the postseason. So even if this team were to win out, this isn't a team that's built in a way and that's set up in a way to go anywhere. I don't have any problem with Aaron Rodgers playing against the Bears. And if he wants to play two or three more weeks until they're mathematically eliminated, fine. But you start getting to January 1st against the Vikings, January 8th against the Lions. We're at least needing to get two Jordan Love starts. Right, and I I can't imagine Rodgers would have a problem with that. I get he wants to play against the Bears, and he's healthy. I don't have an issue with that. But Miami on Christmas, Minnesota, Detroit at home, those are games that Jordan Love has to play. And maybe that takes a difficult conversation between Lafleur and Goody with Rodgers. And if I was Goody, I'd be like, Rodgers, look, I know you want to play, but buddy, we gave you fifty million. We're on the hook for forty next year, whether you play or not. And then the year after that, we could be on the hook for sixty. We have giving you what you wanted you are our guy but we also have this young guy who deserves a little bit of a chance to play and that's what's best for our team so if they need to force him to not play they need to find a way to do that i don't think it'll come to that because i think rogers gets it but no problem with this week or next but by the end of the season yes absolutely we got to see some jordan love the uh the teams above them that are most likely to falter obviously you got new york and washington playing one another this week you kind of hope washington loses because that would give them an extra loss and put them a little bit further down the totem pole seattle is a couple of games ahead of them atlanta's a game ahead of them detroit's a game ahead of them they've got a tiebreaker with the cardinals obviously but the packers all those teams basically need to falter for the packer and the packers win out as those teams continue to fade 
out of all of those teams, Washington, Seattle, Atlanta, and Detroit, what is the most likely team to make it into the postseason, do you think? Washington, Seattle, Atlanta, and Detroit between those teams? Yes. Um, hmm, Seattle, Atlanta, and Detroit. Well, I mean, Atlanta has the benefit of a division without a juggernaut, right? Like, they don't have... I think the San Francisco 49ers are unbelievable. I think they're the best team in the NFC. And that's going to present a problem for the Seahawks, right? That's one less way for them to get into the postseason. Washington, I just, there's a couple of these teams, Bill. I know they keep winning games, but I just don't think they're good. I don't think Washington is good. I don't think New York is good. The Giants, that is. I think the Jets are actually pretty good. It's just their quarterback is sunk. I'd say Atlanta because the NFC South has to be won by someone. Right. And I, right. Just, man, the Buccaneers just don't appear to be it. I keep waiting for them to turn a corner and they just won't. They let a really winnable game slip away against them this last Sunday, a game that they had to have. I'd probably say Atlanta, but I don't feel great about that. That just speaks to how this NFC is. There's going to be a lot of non elite teams with non elite quarterbacks in the playoffs, which makes this feel like such a wasted opportunity for the Packers. It makes the season even worse. Talking with Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show at Wisco Grant over on Twitter. You can find his stuff there. Getting back to the Packers, we talk about Jordan Love playing at, and I agree with you. I think at some point he's going to see some playing time here and there. But as much as we were excited about what he did in the fourth quarter of the game against uh, the Eagles, and, and, you know, he did play well. I, I give him credit. But, boy, yeah. are, we, are we talking about like an overreaction Monday to say how great all of a sudden Jordan Love really is? Uh, probably a little bit, but we, we deserve this, Bill. We deserve a, a little overreaction just as a truth. Like, he's, this dude's been stuck on the bench for a couple of years. I think we're all a little curious as to what he could do. Rodgers has been great, so obviously Jordan Love hasn't had a chance to play. And this season has sucked. This season has been really, really terrible. So, if, you know what? Sue me, Bill. I am going to overreact to possessions. But I, I think it showed us that Jordan Love is capable of running Matt LaFleur's offense. I think that touchdown to Watson – yeah, Bill, you could look at it and say Christian Watson did all the work and Jordan Love didn't do anything amazing. That was, that was no MVP-type throw, and you'd be correct. But I think it's also accurate to say that Jordan Love seems capable of running an offense where he doesn't have to do too much, right? Rodgers and checkdowns don't always go hand-in-hand. Hand. And again, I'm not trying to knock Rodgers to build up Jordan Love, but in that moment, that touchdown to Christian Watson showed, hey, he comes open over the middle. The play is designed to go to him. You got him the ball. And that's why you traded up to get him because he's got unbelievable size and speed and he's a really tough guy to bring down. So Jordan Love, I think, came in and showed that it doesn't take a four-time MVP quarterback to step in and run this offense efficiently and competently. That's what I took away from the end of the game. I'm not going to overreact and say he looks like an MVP and he's ready to be a franchise quarterback, but he showed us some really positive signs. And Packers fans, we've been dying for anything positive over the last couple of weeks, so I'll take it. I uh, I know that a lot of people are talking about Rodgers and the injuries and should Jordan Love play. And, you know, now we've got Romeo Dobbs uh, hopefully back on the field this week, maybe with Christian yeah. Watson alongside. So there's a lot of excitement there. I think the biggest story going into this game is whether or not this team can some way, shape, or form figure out how to freaking tackle. They've given up 900 yards oh. in the last two weeks. Oh. To me, that's probably the bigger story than this Aaron Rodgers rib injury and the thumb injury and the Jordan Love playing well in two series is the fact that this defense flat out sucks. Bill, I went on Ebo's show on Tuesday morning. This is what I said. Like, this is what I keep bringing up. We're talking about Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers. This run defense is, I can't believe they're this bad, Bill. This defense is supposed to be elite. This is supposed to be a top three, top five defense. I keep saying this on my show, so I don't want to be repetitive, but 
for anyone who hasn't heard me make this point, it's been since 2013 since Colin Kaepernick went for 180 yards versus the Packers in that division round game. Since then, the Packers have employed three defensive coordinators. The Packers have selected 10 defensive players in the first round and Kevin King, who is basically a first rounder. Since that game in 2013, Bill, Taylor Swift has put out seven studio albums since then, and she re-recorded some of them again. <laughs> so, like, it's been a long time since Colin Kaepernick did that to us, and the defense somehow has not improved one per- It's unbelievable. I don't understand. And and that's why, and I've been talking about the, uh, this on this show, this offseason, everyone's got to go. They kept a bunch of assistants that were here under Mike Patton. They got to go. Joe Barry's got to go. If you're getting good offers for some of these valuable defensive players, they got to go because this defense is – it's rotten to the core, Bill. It doesn't matter if we add free agents. It doesn't matter if we draft talented players in the draft. It, it just doesn't work. There's something fundamentally wrong at the very core of this defense, and that's why everyone's got to go. Ever, wipe them all out this offseason because you got to start brand new. you got to start fresh. And for people that don't want to start from ground zero, Bill, if they traded away all their good defensive players, how much worse could they possibly get? This defense sucks with all of the talent and, and valuable players <laughs> they have. So I, I'm tearing it down. I'm ripping it all apart this offseason. I I find it funny, much like some people rate uh, how tall you are in Altuve's, you rate how bad this defense is in Taylor Swift's studio albums. Yeah. It's, how long oh my it's goodness. <laughs> uh, I, hey, before I let you go, so look, I, I know this season is not what everybody expected it to be, but is there yeah. a salvageable mark in here if you get the two wins over the Chicago Bears in this rivalry? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, Bill, again, this season's been a catastrophe. I'll take anything I can get. Absolutely 100%. Because if they can beat the Bears, look, I've been arguing with Bears fans on my show. The Packers might finish the season with a terrible record. The Packers are what? Are they 4-8 and eight right now? Still better than the Bears, who I believe are 3-7. and seven. So we still hold that over the Bears tonight. Right. And if they can beat the Vikings, I just can't stand the Vikings. I, I grew up on the border of Minnesota. I'll take whatever I can over this team. And if they beat the Vikings, then we can use that game to accuse the Vikings of being fraud. And there's nothing worse of, of a winning fan base, and, and your guy Ben Kenny is an Eagles fan would know this, there's nothing worse for a, a fan base of a winning team to have other fans call them fraud. Because that, that, that you can't say anything to that. It's like, I don't know, I, I made this right. uh, example on my show. It's like, it's like calling someone a witch back in the day. Like, you can argue it all you want. It's the, once the accusation is made, it's, it's been made. And I would love to be able to do that to Vikings fans on the way out the door this season. So, yeah, absolutely, I'll take wins over the Bears and Vikings, and I will celebrate way too much in both instances. <laughs> Grant, go back to listen to some of those Taylor Swift albums, and we'll talk again next week, okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping in another 10 years the Packers can figure out how to tackle a running quarterback. I will uh, I will get on that, Bill. Have a good rest of your show. Awesome. Thanks. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. There you go. That is Grant Bills registering the last time the Packers could tackle in Taylor Swift's studio albums. That's fantastic. Here's a question. Can a team recover? Can a team come back after they lose 10 straight to finish the previous season? How good are they really? I'll tell you what I'm talking about when we come back. We're broadcasting live. It's the Bill Michaels Huddle. We're at Kelly's Bleachers. We're on Blue Mound Road in Milwaukee. If you want to swing by, we are brought to you by Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. We've got Bud Light specials tonight. Stop in. They've got a hell of a New Year's Eve party that's going to happen here coming up here in about a month. Uh, if you 35 bucks, all the tap beers you can drink. They've got music. They've got dancing. They've got partying going on. 
And uh, if you want to swing by Kelly's Bleachers, they got a big package right now that if you want to buy in on that, you can right here. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step out, take a quick break. We're going to come back, and I'm going to talk more about a 10-game losing streak coming up next. Oh, yeah. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. You got to hit it, make it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, make it, rock it, put it in Don't the forget, pocket. coming up after the top of the hour, Mike Clemens, our Green Gold Insider, is going to be joining us. Uh, we'll talk with him. Don't forget, also, Mike and I are going to be in Chicago. We have got the Green Gold Postgame Show coming to you live from the Sheridan Grand Riverwalk. And we're going to be at the Shy Bar coming up on Sunday, immediately following the game. I'll be at the Shy Bar. Mike's going to be inside Soldier Field. But we got all the Packers coverage uh, for you as we're both going to be down uh, in uh, Chicago bringing you all the action. So uh, looking forward to having some fun down there in Chicago this coming weekend. Um, I, speaking of Chicago, by the way, we're broadcasting uh, the huddle tonight uh, live at Kelly's Bleachers. Go to kellysbleachers1.com for all their uh, New Year's Eve package information and uh, holiday package information. Uh, right now, got some uh, Bucks basketball on the big screen in here. So if you want to come by and pick up some of the Bud Light specials tonight, you can. Uh, I wanted to talk about Chicago. Can a team recover? I mean, Justin Fields obviously has been a bright spot for this team. But think about this for a minute. They got the Packers coming up this weekend. That might be their last chance to win a ball game for a while. They've got the Eagles after that. They've got three straight home games, the Packers, the Eagles, and the Bills. They go on the road the second to last week on January 1st, New Year's Day, for a noon kickoff in Detroit. And then after that, the Vikings end their season in uh, Chicago at Soldier Field. So they got the Packers, Eagles, Bills, Lions, Vikings. It could be where this franchise, who started off with some promise, they were they were 2-1, and one. They took on the Giants. They lost there. They lost a close one in Minnesota to the Vikings, a really low-scoring affair that they just couldn't get the ball to move against the Commanders. Then they finally got a win over the Patriots, and after that they have lost five straight, the Cowboys, the Dolphins, the Lions, uh, the Falcons, and the Jets. Now, they have been putting up points. They've been able to score against some of the better teams in the National Football League. They lost by a point to the Lions, three points to the Dolphins. They got beat by 20. The Cowboys flat-out spanked them down in Dallas. They lost by three to the Falcons, and then they did get beat up pretty good by 21 last week against the Jets when the Jets just looked like a world-beating team. Now they got the Packers. Could this team possibly lose after starting off 2-1? and 2-1. and one. Could this team end up with a three-win season and recover from that going into next year? Now we know in the National Football League you can turn things around relatively quick, but, man, Eberflus... Uh, he got his work cut out for him, and now they've got their quarterback banged up. And I just, how do you recover if you lose 10 in a row? Then again, you get a couple of wins early on next season, and all is forgotten. But, man, that's a, that's a rough road to go if you're, a, if you're a Bears fan. Meanwhile, the Green Bay Packers, who are unaccustomed to this type of losing, the Packers uh, obviously trying to just put a few wins together to give themselves a little dignity on the way out the door. That's what the Packers are hoping for. Get a couple of wins. Win two against the Bears. Knock off the Rams. And if you go to Miami, there's no shame in losing to a really good team, but you'd like to keep it rolling a little bit. Revenge, you got that factor coming up on January 1st against the Vikings at Lambeau, and then maybe you get a little bit of a revenge factor against the Lions. It's not out of the realm of possibility the Packers get – 
three, four wins, just come up a game or two short the postseason to actually get there, which will then give us, you know, hindsight being what it is, should Rodgers have played the game against the Jets? Should he have played the game against the Commanders? You know, a- after that game in the in Buffalo where that thumb got banged up again, should he have played the game a- against the Lions? You can discuss it and talk about hindsight being what it is, but some really interesting thoughts coming down the stretch. There's still enough to talk about and enough intrigue, I guess, is the best way to put it, as to what's going to happen to this football team. And then obviously the defense, can they get themselves in any way, shape, or form? back on track uh will there be a joe barry firing uh the day after the season ends on the 9th of january when which is traditionally black monday will joe barry still have a job or will he hang on for another week before they make any kind of an announcement there you would assume no and what kind of house cleaning is going to take place and then what's the roster going to look like going into next season so a lot of question marks and a lot of intrigue regarding this packers team but right now, the task at hand is rivalry week. It is Packers-Bears week. we got another hour yet to go. Bottom of the hour, we're going to get into our picks. Mark Schofield of SB Nation coming up here in about 20 minutes. But coming up next, Mike Clemens, our Green and Gold Insider. We're going to talk to Mike uh, up in Green Bay. Coming up after the top of the hour here. Stay tuned for that. He was there today when Aaron Rodgers spoke. And we'll get his take on what he meant when he told Ryan Wood uh, this that's an assumption talking about next year that's an assumption that this place won't look any different next year so I think that's part of the conversation we'll get Mike's take on all of this stay tuned we got more of the Bill Michaels Huddle presented by our friends at Bud Light the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network we'll be back right after this For some football, he talks green and gold. This is the huddle with Bill Michaels. Hour number two with the Bill Michaels huddle. We are brought to you by our good friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Don't forget the Green and Gold Post Game Show presented by Bud Light will take place in Chicago down at the uh, Sheridan Riverwalk inside the Shy Bar. We're going to be there this coming uh, this coming Sunday, immediately following the Packers and the Bears. And that is, again, presented by our friends at Bud Light. And uh, we are broadcasting live. Kelly's Bleachers. They got some good uh, holiday packages coming up. As a matter of fact, New Year's Eve package. You can stop in. Uh, you can actually take a look at it online. Go to kellysbleachers1.com, kellysbleachers1.com. Joining us now uh, in uh, Green Bay, our guy on the ground, Mike Clemens, our Packers reporter. You can find him at Mike Clemens NFL. joining us on the hotline. Michael, how you been, pal? Good. Looking forward to our annual trip to Chicago. So let's start with the, the comment from Aaron Rodgers when he was asked about the possibility if he would if it would benefit him not to finish out the season given his injury situation, basically giving some time to Jordan Love, and he said that's an assumption that this place won't look any different next year. I think that's part of the conversation. That set the world on fire when Ryan Wood put it out. So give me your thoughts, what he was saying and what he meant, in your opinion, by that when you're standing there talking to him. I, I think what he said is, is what I think Aaron's um, focus is on this. First of all, I'll say this. Today, Rodgers wasn't at practice, and I thought, you know, this is this guy at his best. You know, we, we sometimes we talk to him after a game, and he talks slow. Well, he's drained, you know, especially after yeah. eight losses. And we talked to him after a long training camp practice. So today, he was really quick, 
and on it and uh, focused. And he just come out of a one-hour offensive meeting after they had practice today. And so he's firing all, on all cylinders uh, from a speaking standpoint. And to me, you know, he's got it. Aaron Rodgers has got a template. He's, he's here to play this season. He's here to try to make the most out of it. He's here to honor his contract and, and play as hard as he can. I think he feels the responsibility of the leadership of a quarterback, that that position is as unique as anything in sports. And, and for him to roll out there with maybe a cracked rib and this fractured thumb and still try and be able to play at some kind of a high level, that means that, hey, it's week 13. You're thinking about the bye. Your body is sore. You've played in 12 or 13 of these games. Um, don't take your foot off the gas. Because uh, if I can play out here at 38 years old, you can play your ass off at age 26. The, uh, I mean, I a lot of the stuff that he had talked about, you know, obviously he's competitive. It's the Bears. He wants to play. He's got a big contract. They're paying him to play. These are a lot of the things that I'd said. So for him just to say, yeah, you know what, I'll step aside. Also remembering the guy that played before him who would, you know, you'd almost have to cut his leg off to get him off the field. I think he remembers all of that. I don't think it's it's selfish by any stretch of the imagination. I think he's just trying to, trying to, because he's going to, he would get ripped either way. But I think he's trying to do what he believes is right. Well, you know, there there are some comparisons to the last four years of Favre in Green Bay and these last two or three years with Aaron Rodgers. There are some. There are so many other things that are completely different. And I'll try. I mean, you know I can go three hours on this topic. I'll try and be brief. Number one, I'm telling you, I was there every day training camp 2007 and Favre came back after going eight and eight and tearing up in that game at, um, at soldier field where Andrea from NBC asked him and he started crying cause he didn't know what he's going to do. He didn't know if that maybe that mm-hmm. was his last game, but instead he did commit. He came back uh, and he worked harder than ever before in that training camp. And they went 13 and three with a very young team. And then he throws the interception and, you know, the Giants. But, you know, we also learned on that cold day with 50-mile-an-hour winds in Chicago and then in the cold conditions like we've got tonight when he lost to the Giants that, you know, Brett Favre was past that era of playing in the cold weather. But I'm telling you, in, in August of 2007, when we got to Labor Day, I looked at 4-12 and 12 in every one of those reps, and I said, 12 is the better quarterback. He's the better athlete. He's faster. He's got he's got a, a more accurate pass, and Favre, you know, still needs a little bit of time to warm up. Favre's got all that experience, but if I had to pick who really should be starting, it's between four and twelve. I would have taken twelve in September of two thousand seven. Now Brett still went on to, uh, you know, have an uh, an okay year with the Jets, and then darn near got to the Super Bowl with the Vikings in two thousand nine. Right now, though, twelve is the better quarterback than ten. And as, as much as, as Jordan Love flashed the other night, and they're all excited about that. By the way, there's an interview I'm going to play for you on Friday's show. Did you hear some of the comments that Darius Slay had to say about Jordan Love? They were yeah. they were impressed. The Eagles were impressed yeah. how quickly the ball came out of Jordan Love's hand on Sunday night. So, so Mike, uh, and his, go ahead. So, so, so to finish that, 
I just think that Rodgers right now is, I'm here for this year. I want to play as many snaps as I can. And I'm sure there's there's no different. You know, I said when Favre was playing in 06 and 07, his last two years in Green Bay, I, I think he keeps playing also because he knows what it was like when he replaced Mikowski. And he's got this draft, first-round draft pick, breathing down his neck. And he didn't want to take come out of games because he wondered if maybe they would let him back in. And I remember people, frankly, our friend Dennis Krause of the Packers Radio Network saying, oh, come on, do you guys really think that Brett Favre is, is you know, insecure that he might lose his job to Aaron Rodgers? And everybody laughed and chuckled at, at that theory. Five years later, you're sitting down with Favre, and what did he tell you? I was, I yeah. was paranoid I was going to lose my job. And so that's, right. that's got to be the same thing with Rodgers right now. So that's part of it. But I think the most part is Rodgers feels it's still his team. So to be his team, he's got to be a leader. He's got to turn this thing around. He's got to prove to the world that he's – and that's the competitor in him. He's just a crazy competitor. And so he wants to win games. He wants to pull this thing out of the dive that it's in right now. And then he wants to see – how many players are they going to lose? What are they going to do to improve the defense? Whether it's Joe Barry or what, what are they going to get back? You know, what's the plan in the postseason in January and February? And then he'll decide, do I want to go back or do I want to retire? Because he's got, what is it, 50, 59 million reasons to come back in 2023 as a Green Bay Packer under contract. Mike, uh, we were talking earlier, and I, I even mentioned it earlier today. I mean, all this talk about Rodgers, the thumb, the ribs, should he or shouldn't he play? Jordan Love looked good in the last two series. We want to see what, uh, you know, it's more for the fans than it is because behind closed doors they pretty much know what they have in Jordan Love at this point, you would assume. But to me, the biggest story coming into this game is they've given up defensively 900-plus yards in the last two weeks, and for whatever reason, tackling doesn't seem to be a part of their repertoire as a defender. I, I To me, I think, can this defense figure out how to kind of put it back on track? Because they've looked horrible in the last two weeks. To me, that's the that's the comeback story this week. Yeah, Bill, here's, here's another stat. In the last two minutes of the first half, the Green Bay Packers defense has given up 60 points. 60 points. It's like a separate Oof. game, how bad they are right. just before the half. Kenny Clark said this today. Point blank. Is it scheme? No. We 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 understand. We buy in. We're executing to the best we can the scheme. Okay, is it effort? No. I'm looking around. Guys are trying. Okay, then how does Philadelphia rack up 363 yards of rushing? And and how does how does Jalen Hurts run past you for 158 yards and set franchise records in Philadelphia in one night? And you know, when they're grasping, it's either because they're playing better. These teams are executing better than us, and we don't have, a, you know, an answer for it. Uh, you know, there's reasons we don't know why. And, I, and, I, and they're also missing some key players when, when you know, they, they're really missing. In a situation like Sunday night, they're missing Devondre Campbell at inside linebacker to try and contain you know, hurts at quarterback, or even Miles Sanders, who, you know, rushed for over 150 yards in that. They're missing his experience. Quay Walker is good, is a great athlete, but he's a rookie. And when you've got Rashawn Gary, it took him three years to become what he was this year. You know, looked like a, a solid top 10 
pass rusher in the NFL, and God knows what's going to happen to him with an ACL. How long is it going to take for him to come back? Will he ever be that quick again? But you know, you've got a rookie, a fifth-round rookie, and Enigbare who's out there to try and replace that. And Preston Smith, I, you know, he's played hurt an awful lot of these games. He still, he shows up, so you take those elements away right there. And I mean, no one's. I don't know why anyone isn't being more forward with that to say, look, man, we're we're down to second and third string guys, and we're we're in the meat of this schedule. Where we're playing some of the best teams in our conference right now. I, I guess, you know, I understand that, I, and I don't doubt it because you're missing Stokes, you're missing Devondre Campbell, you're missing, obviously, Rashawn Gary. <clears throat> but, Mike, one of the biggest issues is just the sheer fundamentals of tackling. You know what I mean? I We you, we can get into scheme and Joe Barry and the hate on Joe Barry, and, and I'm part of that, I guess. I, I, I perpetuate it. But some of the things of just the simplest of form of tackling, it's why does this seem to be so elusive to the Green Bay Packers, and yet other teams are so good at it? And we it's something that we've complained about for quite some time as far as aggressiveness and hitting and such goes. You're absolutely right on that point, Bill. Uh, by the way, Eric Stokes at his locker today in a wheelchair with the right knee all bandaged up. Apparently he's had his surgeries, but, uh, you know, that's, it breaks your heart to see this athlete having to get around in a wheelchair right now as he begins his rehab and surgery after, you know, his injury at Ford Field against the Lions. Here's something to, to, to look for. So LaFleur is trying to keep the team together, trying not to, you know, send too many messages back to the locker room. But think of all the years where Mike McCarthy, maybe once or twice a year, he might throw out a stat about missed tackles. LaFleur has thrown that out now three or four times. And the fact is, statistically, in this 2022 season, they actually go off to a pretty good start in efficiencies in missed tackles. Then right, immediately after the game, after the, you know, the Eagles put 500 yards up a total offense again, from the podium, LaFleur said, my guys up in the box, they estimated we had 15 missed tackles. Then after watching the tape Monday afternoon, he said, yeah, we're, we've got it down to 22 t- missed tackles that game. And or, or, he said 20. Today it was up to 22. I was joking in the locker room, by Friday it'll be up to 27 missed tackles. I mean, so he's mm-hmm. putting that out there. The head coach is putting the defense, the court, the coaches, the coordinator, and that defense to say 22 missed tackles? He's making that public. He's telling everybody, that's how I graded that. And why they have declined in their efficiency and the fundamental attack in the last four or five weeks, that raises major flags. And that, to me, that sounds like effort. But it also might have to do something with you're also losing some of your best players out there in the field. Yeah, it's, it's effort. It's being in the right place at the right time. It's being maybe a step slow. So you're reaching and grabbing rather than hitting with a shoulder. I mean, a, a lot of things go into that. I don't, and, and you, you know, uh, of course, I don't think players are going to go. Well, it's a scheme. We're in the wrong place at the wrong time. I don't think you're going to throw a coach under the bus. But Mike, at times it looks like guys just. I'm not ever going to say guys quit because I, I think that's unfair because you don't know what's going through a guy's head and in a guy's heart. But there are times it looks like, man, it's just. Like they're running in cement and everybody else is, you know, running on an asphalt surface at 40 miles an hour. It just looks different, doesn't it? I mean, you've seen enough up close and personal games to say, wow, this just looks bad. Well, and and there's the best example is Darnell Savage, who essentially 
got passed up by Rudy Ford, you know, and Keyshawn Nixon uh, in the secondary where he wasn't even out there as the starter. He came in on the dime, was out there one or two plays, has the foot injury. Now he's a question mark if he's even going to play this week. I mean, and that, that, that whiff that Darnell Savage made on Josh Allen in the, in the red zone and decided not to take on the six foot five quarterback at full speed. You know, that's where these guys are like, you know, man, we're, you know, the Vikings are six, seven games ahead of us. We're not, we're not getting into the playoffs this year. And that's where some of these players start making, as they call it, business decisions. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. in other words, right. I'll do the, I'll do the best that I can, but I don't want to spend my off season having off season surgery because I stopped Josh Allen at the seven-yard line. But, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers was asked point blank about it today, and it's a term that I asked him about a couple of weeks ago because he once in the discussion was talking about, you know, sometimes you can see these guys, he calls them independent contractors. You know, like, okay, I'll do just what, just enough. You know, I'll, I'll do this and I'll do that and I'll do this, but you're not going to really see me throwing my body out there. You know, you're not going to see me putting everything on the line dangerously, uh, put, you know, possibly injuring myself in order to make a play. And but Rogers was asked that again today, and he used those words like, no, I haven't seen any independent contractors yet. So, you know, you have to take his word at it. But I listen, you know, when they got beat by the commanders, it's like, oh, man, I mean, we're, we're bad. Sure, there's a lot of these teams that – we thought would be four or five win teams that we could probably easily get a win in, particularly at home, that have surprised them. And, it, you know, it's, it's shocking that they, you know, lose to a quarterback like Heineke or even that they lost to the Jets. And, you know, and look at the turmoil that they've had at quarterback with that team. But that Jets defense is so strong. And, um, you know, I, I, LaFleur could probably be a little stronger, Bill, at this point to say, uh, guys are playing for their jobs this weekend against the Chicago Bears. Next. Right. Yeah. No, a good point. Mike, uh, looking forward to the weekend, man. We'll talk again on Friday. Good stuff. And uh, we'll be back at you real soon, okay? Thank you, Bill. Thanks, pal. There you go. That's our own Mike Clemens, our Packers reporter, serious NFL insider at Mike Clemens WNFL or at Mike Clemens NFL, at Mike Clemens NFL. If uh, if you want to find him over on Twitter, eight seven seven eight six seven sixty seven. There's a lot of stuff that he said there. I want to kind of latch on to before we'll, we're going to bump Mark Schofield from SB Nation. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that Mike said there that uh, I want to latch on to and talk a little bit about before uh, we get to the bottom of the hour. We start to make our picks for this week and as we run around the rest of the NFL. So uh, I'm going to bump Mark, but uh, we're going to we're going to talk about a couple of things specifically coming up regarding this game between the Packers and the Bears coming up on Sunday down at Soldier Field. And Sunday's game is going to mark the 206th in the NFL's oldest rivalry. And the Packers right now hold the edge, 104-95-6 in the series. And overall, the Packers have won seven straight against the Bears and 11 of their last 12. Aaron Rodgers owning Chicago. Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. We're broadcasting live, Kelly's Bleachers, here on Blue Mound Road. We're in Milwaukee. If you want to come by and say hello, there's a lot of Bud Light specials tonight with people in the house, and uh, maybe you want to come out here for New Year's Eve for some of the holiday parties and such. Go to kellysbleachers1.com. That's kellysbleachers1.com, and you can see everything that it is they have to offer, but we're brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. We'll be back right after this. Here we go. 
This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. It's Bill Michael Suttle. We're broadcasting live. We're at Kelly's Bleachers. We're on Blue Mound Road. We're in Milwaukee. Uh, go to kellysbleachers1.com to see their website. Obviously, we are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. The official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Huddle. And, uh, by the way, the official beer sponsor of the network and our network broadcast, the Green Eagle Postgame Show, going to be live at the Shy Bar at the Sheridan Hotel, the Grand, on the Riverwalk down in uh, Chicago. And if you're looking for a place to stay, they do have some special rates for us. Tell them you heard about it on this particular network. If you're going to head down, whether it's for the weekend for just the Christmas shopping or if you're going to head there for the Packers game, we hope to see you at the Shy Bar immediately following the Packers and the Bears. We are going to give you uh, the uh, full-blown coverage and the Green and Gold postgame show down there in Chicago on location coming up this weekend, brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. Uh, a couple of things that Mike talked about. He said he talked to Kenny Clark and was asked specifically, you know, uh, Kenny Clark uh, said, you know, it's not scheme. And, you know, it, uh, you want to look Kenny in the eye and go, okay, I get it. But also you, you're not going to have a player say, yeah, it's the scheme. Because obviously then you're throwing your coaching staff under the bus. Uh, I will agree with him on this point, though, when you talk about effort. When a team loses faith or loses hope or loses when when a team begins to become lost from coaching it's not that you see the independent contractors okay because that does happen don't get me wrong mike talked about that it does happen but i think what you also start to see is guys the effort level that energy level that that you know run through a brick wall fire and brimstone that the tenacity, that pep in the step, it goes away. So when you've got a team that hits the hole hard, Jalen Hurts, he's running for a championship. He's running for a victory. They only have one blemish on their record. They are playing for everything, for the number one seed. They've got that pep in their step. You've got a team that, for all intents and purposes, looks as if they're folding up their tents. When you're a half a step slow, when you're a half a second too late, when you're an arm's reach rather than a shoulder's hit away, you are going to look bad. That is effort. That is effort. And, you know, we always talk about, well, you know, it's your job. You're playing for money. You're playing for yourself. You're playing for contract, but you're also playing for your teammates. You're playing for the name on the front, not the name on the back, and yada, yada, yada. But the reality is that when things are bad and you don't have a lot of hope and you don't have a lot of belief, specifically, and I'm not going to blame all of it on the scheme, but when you're looking at this going, this guy's an idiot or this guy's crap or, you know, this this coach is a, a moron and he hasn't put us in good position and, and, you know, this guy over here is always late and always missing tackles and what am I killing myself? You know, when you start to get that, guys, just that, just that tick, just that tick start to slow down. It doesn't mean your entire defense is bad and it's got awful talent. You know, we saw them last year going for the number one overall seat. We saw Rasul Douglas flying around, Stokes flying around, Devondre Campbell flying around, Kenny Clark kicking ass in the trenches. We saw a better season out of Dean Lowry last year. We saw that. This this team's not terrible. What this team is is beaten. 
And the reason I can tell you that is because I've seen enough <laughs> between uh, the early 90s into 1999 before I moved here to start covering the Packers. I saw enough bad, mentally beaten football coming out of the Cincinnati Bengals. It permeated that organization like a stench of death. And it stayed there until recently with Joe Burrow. It was just always same old, same old. And I, you're starting to see that lack of energy. I, you know, they get up. You know, you get off the field, a couple of chest bumps, you know, make a couple of good plays, you get a little energy. But then you talk to Mike and you go, oh, by the way, in the final two minutes of the first half, 60 points. So all this crap about deferring, deferring. So you can get the ball, you can get a score, and then get the ball back and get it back in the second half, and it's a 14-point swing. All this stuff about defer, it doesn't matter. You're giving up points like a sieve, like a sieve. 60 points given up in the last two minutes of the first half this season alone. That's atrocious. That is prevent defense at its worst, and, yes, that's the scheme. Keep it in front of you at its worst. Yes, that's Joe Barry. And guys just kind of gasping and breathing and huffing and puffing and a step slow and watching this season dwindle by. And and sure as stuff stinks, man. That is that, That's from the top down. That's from the top. And it, you can even take that to Matt LaFleur. If you don't have a guy that's inspiring, that's fundamentally sound, that's a hard ass, that is a machismo, that is a let's go get him type of guy sometimes, it really, I mean, a, a player's coach goes so far to the point that once you become a, a very soft player's coach, you lose your edge. And this team looks like they've lost their edge. You know? Seriously. Uh, and then when Rodgers got into the comments, as Mike alluded to, was saying, you know, it's not going to be the same next year. So, you know, people are kind of assuming that maybe he won't be back. Maybe it's going to be Jordan Love's team or what have you. He, I, I think more so he's just saying, hey, it's, it's not going to be the same. You know, so you're going on the assumption that everything's going to be the same the way it is, so you need to take a look at all these different things. No, he's like, look, I, I want to play. And, and, and you know, damn it, for all the people that say they want to see Jordan Love, and I understand it, Damn it, you give Aaron Rodgers credit. He's been banged up. He's been banged up with the ribs. He's been banged up with the thumb. He still wants to be the leader. And like Mike said, this team is bereft of leadership. So the guy that they need to lead them, the guy that has to say, look, I could pack it in. I'm 39 years old. I'm banged up. I could take my time off. I can walk away from this. I don't have to go out and be a part of this craptastic team or this this lame semi-future for the remainder of the season, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to live by example. And, man, you got to give him credit for that. you got to give him credit for that. So for as much as there, is t- there are times I have banged Aaron Rodgers for certain things, I give him credit for that, man, because he could. He could have said, medical excuse, pack it in, give it to Jordan Love. I don't want to go be harassed by the Bears fans if we lose. I don't know. He's like, look, rivalry, I own this team, got the money. I'm being paid a lot of money to be the leader. I'm being paid a lot of money to play. I'm being paid a lot of money by this franchise to represent. That's what I'm going to do. So I give him a lot of credit. Give him a lot of credit. Let's do this. Uh, Bottom of the hour, we're going to get into the rest of the NFL when we come back. We'll bring in our producer, uh, Ben Kenny. 
uh, out in Madison, pushing all the buttons and keeping us on the air. He and I are going to start making our picks and looking at the NFL schedule, the rest of the schedule when we come back. We are broadcasting live at Kelly's Bleachers on Blue Mound Road in Milwaukee. They've got a hell of a New Year's Eve party coming up. If you want to buy one of the packages, go to kellysbleachers1.com. That's kellysbleachers1.com. And see for yourself uh, what it is they have to offer. A lot of good specials. And tonight, you got Bud Light on special as well. So uh, come on over, get some good food, get some dinner, and catch uh, you know the second half of the Bucks game. Bucks right now forty one or forty four forty one over the New York Knicks in New York. Bucks leading. So you can catch the second half of the Bucks game tonight as well. Stay tuned. We got more coming up right after. Here we go. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back to the program of the Bill Michaels Huddle. We are broadcasting live. We're at Kelly's Bleachers here on Blue Mountain in Milwaukee. A few people coming by saying hello. Nice. Nice to see Frank and then uh, Dell swinging by. Good stuff. And uh, we are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Time to get into it as we look around uh, Look around the rest of the NFL. you got a primetime game tomorrow night on Prime Video and the Bills looking to uh, kind of put their stamp back on the East in an East battle for the AFC. The Patriots 6-5 and five hosting at Gillette. The Bills who are 8-3. and three. And when you look at the Bills, uh, a little bit banged up. you got a lot of guys back. Uh, you had, obviously, uh, Deion Dawkins out with that ankle issue. And you got Von Miller still with the knee, not practicing. But uh, I don't know how bad of a, a miss that is. Von Miller is a huge miss right now, defensively speaking. And that's part of the reason that uh, the Bills are only favored by three and a half at Gillette. Um, but on the road and the Bills desperately needing this one, the Patriots have to have this one too as well to stay alive in the postseason. But I just think the Bills still need to put their stamp on that East yet again as uh, right now Miami leads it. I look for the Bills to get a win. Even though it's going to be a close one, uh, I would take the Patriots to cover, but the Bills to eke out a win. And we saw the Bills barely beat Detroit last Thursday. They've had a little extra time for this one, uh, only a week away. But nevertheless, I'm going to take the Patriots to cover, but the Bills to get the win. Ben? So, um, Bill, I'm sure Kirk Herbstreet's buzzing after last weekend. He gets USC and Notre Dame on Saturday night talking about Caleb Williams, Heisman, uh, likely winner, and then a pretty crap quarterback situation with Notre Dame. Feels similar here where you get Josh Allen and Mac Jones not surrounded by much. I don't know. It feels like a snoozer. We haven't had many snoozers on Thursday recently. I, I think the Bills win easily. I think the Bills get this one easily. They went toe-to-toe with Detroit. Really struggled. I, not that I think the Patriots have as much of a prolific offense. but um, Yeah, but they it, were in uh, Detroit for two weeks. Be, yeah, that's true. What's uh, the weather supposed to be like tomorrow night in, in New England? Do you know? It looks like 43 degrees and cloudy. Okay, that's not a bad night then. So both teams can handle that. I'm going to take the Bills to get a win, but I think it's going to be close. You got the Jaguars. They're on the road at 4-7. and seven. They're taking on the Lions, who are also 4-7. and seven. Jacksonville given a point. Is there something that we don't know, that, that Vegas knows that we don't know? Jacksonville coming off of a big win, a Doug Peterson rah-rah win. In the meantime, you got the Lions, who barely got knocked off by Buffalo. Um, I, I'm... I'm taking the Lions at home to get the win in this one. Oh, I love the Jaguars here. This is what I was talking about a couple weeks ago. 
Their point differential was great. They were losing a lot of close games. Over time, those things tend to correct in the other direction. So they get a close win in Baltimore with the two-point conversion last week. I think they win this game easily in Detroit, frankly. Uh, you got the Vikings at U.S. Bank Stadium. They're hosting the 7-4 and four New York Jets in that good, staunch front defensive front that the Jets bring into town. And the Jets are uh, the Jets are all geeked up. They've got a different starting quarterback now who uh, made the rest of the world pay, pay attention. All of a sudden, the Jets look like they've got a guy in Mike White that can actually move this team, and they don't even have to go to their third-string option, which was Joe Flacco. Uh, I like the Jets in this one, believe it or not. Whether it was first time's a charm and suddenly the defense of the Vikings get to them, but I like the fact that the, the Jets have a good defense. They play solid, and now they've got this offense that seemingly can move the football. I'm going to take the Jets to get the road win. Oh, I'm with you. I'm, I'm all in on Mike White. I'm all in on the team actually having energy with them under center, which they kind of lacked at the end of Zach Wilson's time the last couple weeks. And the Vikings are kind of frauds. Let's, let's be honest here. Like They're good, but they're not 9-2 and two good. So that'll correct as time goes on. Then you've got uh, the, uh, the big game that uh, probably one of the better games coming up this weekend, and that is uh, Cincinnati, and they are hosting Kansas City. The Chiefs are 9-2. and two. Cincinnati has climbed back in, in a tie with the top spot in the AFC North at 7-4. and four. Cincinnati, who started off so horrifically bad because we thought, oh, boy, this, this season is going to end badly for a defending uh, AFC champion. They started off 3-2 uh, and two on the season, and then all of a sudden they started winning football games. Their only loss for whatever inexplicably was an ugly one to the Cleveland Browns, but their offense has not been the same. Even though they put up 37 against uh, the Steelers and 42 against the Panthers, it still isn't clicking because they haven't had Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is back for this one. But I still think that Patrick Mahomes and company have something up their sleeve and a little bit of revenge factor for knocking them out of the Super Bowl last year. I'm going to take Kansas City on the road to get the win outright. Yes, and you have to note that Luke Fickle just left Cincinnati. So you got to wonder how they're dealing with that news <laughs> and the future of their program. Chiefs big. And then depression set in. Uh, this one I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to pick uh, with, with my heart rather than my head. The Falcons are hosting the Steelers. Falcons at 5-7, and seven, Steelers at 4-7. and seven. You need the Falcons to lose if you're a Packers fan. So I, I'm, I'm, as much as I want to see Pittsburgh, who, by the way, is favored by a point in this one, as much as I want to see Pittsburgh win, Uh, I'm going to have to take them. I'm going to root for them. And I'm going to blindly jump into that Steelers pool right now. I'm going to say the Steelers in a close one, maybe by two, one or two. They end up knocking off the Falcons at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I will take the Falcons to win only to not hear about playoff computations next week. (laughs) They got the Commanders and the Giants. Another one. I think you're hoping that the Giants win this one. Uh, and then put the Commanders yet another loss into that column. The Giants, um, you know, seven and four. Commanders seven and five. Giants four and two at home. They're hosting this game four and two. The Commanders are away from from uh, FedEx, that dump of a stadium, and uh, something's got to give. I, I'm going to take the Commanders on the road, even though I'm rooting against them. I'm going to take the Commanders on the road to get the win and keep bringing that Giants balloon back down to earth. I will also take the commanders so that the Packers get mathematically eliminated and we can see Jordan Love start football games. 
<laughs> You're just cold. Uh, the Titans are on the road. You got a uh, conference battle, an interconference battle. Titans at seven and four. The Eagles at home, ten and one. Fly Eagles, fly. Uh, I think with Philadelphia being a five-point favorite, I, I think it might be just about right, like about five points, but they get the win. The Eagles roll in this one, and uh, they ended up knocking off uh, the Titans. I'm going to say in this one probably something to the effect of, like, because the Titans are a much better fundamental team, I'm going to say like 27-20 that uh, the Titans knock off the Eagles. 27-21, something like that. That the Titans win? That the, no, no, I'm sorry, that the Eagles win. Oh, I was going to say, I'm picking the Titans. I, I think they're winning this one. We've had too much uh, really? near-disaster talk in Philadelphia. It, like, I don't think the Eagles are as good as 10-1 and 1 when you look at the top of the NFC. And I, I like what the Titans are doing, and I kind of need a self-destruction week after a loss like this one to get the juices back flowing into a positive direction. I don't know if you saw the picture, but it was uh, Tom Crean posted a picture of him and the Harbaugh family and Jim and everybody watching John Harbaugh and company. And it was a great big Harbaugh reunion because his wife is a Harbaugh and, and, and flying. I say the Ravens. Uh, they're going to continue to fly high, eight-and-a-half-point favorites against a horrible Broncos team. And the fact that Russell Wilson trying to say that everybody still likes him, even though nobody shows up to his birthday party because he's such a jag, I- I'm going to say that the-, the Ravens beat the hell out of the Broncos and continue the misery and thus uh, everything that uh, you know was given and gifted to Russell Wilson for his birthday has to be returned because everybody bought it as a joke. So uh, here's where I stand on the birthday thing, Bill. Like, yeah, half the team showed up to his party. But what's half of a NFL football team? You're still talking about 40 guys, like 45 people, and then whatever their significant others or plus ones. It was probably still a party of like 70 or 80 people, which I, by most metrics is a pretty successful party. That, so I don't know all this party slander towards Russell Wilson, and that's probably only the only defensive uh, thing I'll say when it comes to him. But I it am was taking all the, the rookies looking for a free meal. That was it. It was all the rookies <laughs> looking for a free meal. That yeah. was it. And nobody else, no veterans showed up. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step out. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, pick up. As you got Deshaun Watson going back to Houston, the Seahawks on the road and uh, taking on the Rams. A good one between the Dolphins and the 49ers. And obviously, we still have the Monday night game and the Packers game to pick. Broadcasting live, Kelly's Bleachers, the Bill Michaels Huddle brought to you by Bud Light. Coming up, finishing it up next. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Shuttle, we are broadcasting live. We are here at Kelly's Bleachers. We're on Blue Mound Road in Milwaukee. And if you want to find out about, uh, well, they've got a lot going on here for uh, for New Year's and throughout the holidays. they got a beer pong tournament coming up this Friday with a double elimination. Ben, that's something that I believe you guys could go pro. I know Ebo could and possibly take over 600 in cash and prizes. And also, they've got a New Year's Eve party here where packages are still available. Go to kellysbleachers1.com. That's kellysbleachers1.com and read all about it. Back with the NFL picks. Cleveland favored by seven. Deshaun Watson, for the first time in a couple of years, is going to be back on the field as a starter. 
and it's going to be uh, I, I don't know what kind of a homecoming it's going to be, so to speak, for him going back to Houston and taking on a really bad Texans team at one and nine. I think Cleveland would win anyway, but uh, I wonder what Deshaun Watson's going to do coming up in this contest. I, I'm going to take Cleveland to win, but I don't know if I trust the seven-point spread or not in, in that contest. Well, Bill, it's going to be a weird homecoming because no one's going to be at the game. The Texans are one and seven. Um, right. So They're terrible. Or one and nine and one, excuse me, and they have a tie. One, I, nine, I, and one. I don't know. I, I'll take the Browns. Uh, the, this game stinks. <laughs> The Seahawks on the road, another team that you're hoping uh, the Packers, uh, you know, can can get to lose. The Rams are hosting them at SoFi Stadium if the Seahawks lose. Uh, and all of those scenarios continue to pan out, then the Packers are still mathematically alive. Uh, albeit uh, any one of these teams could win and pretty much eliminate them at this point. But that being said, the Seahawks on the road. Seahawks favored by 7.5, and, and that's a terrible Rams team. I mean terrible. Uh, I hate to say it, but I think the Seahawks win this game going away. And Aaron Donald missing his first game as a pro, which if he had any impact left, he's not playing. Yeah, and the Seahawks are set up well for the future, Bill. They have first-round picks going forward for, you know, trading away their aging quarterback. So I will take the Seahawks to win. Uh, Yeah, how about that? They did not want to give Russell Wilson that contract. Denver not only traded for him, but then turned around without even seeing him play in any of that system or what have you, gave him that ridiculously huge contract, and now they're screwed. I mean, they are just they, – they between them and Jimmy Haslam over there in, in Cleveland, those two teams absolutely fell on their head. You look at what, uh, say, uh, Baltimore is doing by kind of keeping Lamar Jackson somewhat on a string, even though they made him a nice offer. He wanted all of it guaranteed. They're like, no, you're not – we're not going to give it all to you guaranteed. They're kind of in the catbird seat right now, and he isn't having the greatest season as uh, he expected to have. So, good move by uh, good move by Baltimore and the Seahawks and the Rams and all that money and bleh. so there you go. The Seahawks they didn't get stuck with that terrible quarterback who nobody seems to like in Denver. Uh, you got a good one in San Francisco. The 49ers leading their division, hosting the Dolphins leading their division. Dolphins going lower lower East Coast to Upper West Coast to play this one out in Santa Clara. San Francisco favored by four. There's a reason for it. I am going to say the 49ers get a small margin of victory in this one. Uh, By the way, the Seahawks thing makes you wonder about what could have been possible, you know, in other places. That's neither here nor there. Uh, This is probably the the game of the week. I I think the Niners are the scariest team in the NFC, although – I mean, I could say I don't think Jimmy G will go win a lot of playoff games, but then he always does. So if I had to pick an NFC winner today, it would be San Francisco, even though they're going to have to go on the road. That said, I I don't know if they can stop the Dolphins' explosiveness. Uh, and the Dolphins are right up there with the Bills at the top of the AFC East. So I think the Dolphins win this one. Chargers on the road at 6-5, and five, looking for a win. The Raiders... At 4-7, and seven, their season pretty much down the toilet. Uh, Devontae Adams, 71 catches, a one yard away from uh, eclipsing 1,000 yards, by the way, this year, and he has 10 touchdowns on the season. Um, the, but the Chargers are only favored by a point and a half, and they they were a team that could we thought at the beginning of the year could possibly vie for a Super Bowl, and they don't look like it at all. I, I, it's tough for me to pick the Raiders, but I think just because the Raiders are playing at home, I'm going to take the Raiders in this one. Yes, it's a perfect trap game. Chargers are good. Raiders are bad. They're going on the road. 
Vegas thinks it's close. Big over-under. A lot of weird points. It'll be on in that window with Dolphins 49ers and uh, with Chiefs Bengals as well, where no one's going to be watching this game uh, specifically. You know it's going to be weird, and I think the Raiders come out on top. There you go. Colts on the road, and uh, they are 4-7-1. and one. They're taking on the Cowboys, and the Cowboys at 8-3 and three just came off of a big uh, big turkey day win. They looked dominant in doing so, although Dak Prescott did have a couple of mistakes. He still looked pretty good. I just don't think the Colts with Jeff Saturday have enough in the tank to even come close. I'm going to take Dallas. They're going to cover the 11 in this one, and they beat the Colts. I'll say something like 37-17, something like that. Ooh, I, I would enjoy that very much. I know no one cares about my fantasy team, but I have all three running backs in this game, so it would be nice if <laughs> cool things happen with them. Um, I, I'll take Dallas, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Saints, Monday night. Saints on the road, 4-8, and eight, trying to beat the Buccaneers, who are 5-6, and six, and leading their division at 5-6. and six. That NFC South is just awful. It uh, looks like the weather's going to be perfect, and uh, you've got Tom Brady just trying to put something back together after finally all the off-season or off-field stuff with the wife, the divorce, everything is pretty much in the rearview mirror. So uh, the Saints going into Tampa Bay. I'm going to take the Buccaneers to get the win. The Buccaneers go to 6-6, six and six, get back to 500 on the season, and they cover in this one as well, which is a three-and-a-half-point spread. Yes, I will take Tampa as well. I need the Saints to lose for selfish reasons. Okay. You want to explain or you, you, we don't have time? Oh, and the Eagles have the Saints first round pick and it's currently number six and oh, it likely okay. could be top okay. four. <laughs> okay. So I hope they lose. And then you've got the, then you got the Packers and the Bears. It's a noon kickoff down at Soldier Field. Looks like it's going to be just about 40 degrees, sunshine or partly cloudy skies anyway. Uh, Green Bay favored by four and a half going in. Aaron Rodgers will play. Justin Fields appears to like like he's going to play in this one, although he is pretty banged up. Packers are four and eight, one and five though, away from Lambeau Field. The the Bears are two and three at home, and they can score. Uh, I hate to say this, but if Justin Fields plays and does not appear to be really, really badly banged up. I have a feeling that the Ionu flag will not be flying for the Green Bay Packers. I'm taking the Bears at home to get the win over the Packers, even though the Packers have been extremely dominant in this series up to this point. But uh, I think the Bears get a little revenge, and the Bears fans are screaming loudly at Aaron Rodgers and company. Wow. Uh, we, We saw this game with the healthy fields early in the year, and, yes, that was before... The Bears figured out that he can actually run forward and and to let him do that. But the Bears ran all over the Mm -hmm. Packers that night, if you remember. Yet the Packers still made enough plays to end up winning the game. And I think they forced a couple big turnovers. I think the Packers win this game, whether Fields plays or not. And even if he runs for all the Jalen Hurts yardage, I don't think the Bears defense will be able to make close to as many plays as the Eagles defense did to force turnovers and things of that nature. So I think the Packers win. I will say, if I had to say what I want to happen, I kind of would like the Bears to win so we could see Jordan Love, being completely honest. You're, you're just wanting to see Jordan Love. You just want to get Jordan Love time. I, uh, okay. It adds well, juice, it. you know? Like I, When I sit in front of my TV on Sunday, I would rather be 
interested at the unknown of what love can be for the rest of this season? I agree. Um, Obviously, you know, including a 2010 playoff victory at Chicago, the Packers have won 23 of the last 28. I know the Packers have this domination over the Bears in recent history. I just, something tells me that uh, the Bears are going to get this one. The the Packers will be mathematically eliminated from the postseason. And then really all the world starts to spin. But what I'm hoping for is the Packers win. All those that are right above them going for wild card spots lose. The Packers stay mathematically alive for yet another week, and we can carry the torch of hope for another week, even though a couple of weeks ago I already put the dagger in them. So there you have it. I'm talking out of both sides of my face. That'll do it. Thanks to the staff and management here at Kelly's Bleachers. Go to kellysbleachers1.com for all their information regarding their holiday parties and what's coming up for New Year's Eve. And thanks to our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Time for us to go. Have a good one. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.